This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Freelance Friday podcast. I am super excited for you guys to hear today's episode. I got to interview Vina V, who is a YouTube expert, a YouTube coach, and a YouTuber herself. She makes really great videos on video marketing tips, and she also does some really cool, more personalized things catered to fellow mothers. And she started her business after leaving a career in radio, and she had some really amazing things to share. Before we hop into the episode, I want to remind you to please leave the show a rating and review. If you have been enjoying it so far, it helps other people discover the show and means the world to me. I actually decided that I'm going to start reading some of my favorite reviews on future episodes, so make sure to leave one if you'd like to be shouted out on a future show. And also, After you listen to this episode, head over to FreelanceFridayPodcast.com. That's where you can find all the show notes and all the information about all the guests. You can just search by episode number on that website. And without further ado, let's get into the episode because it is a good one. Welcome to the Freelance Friday Podcast. My name is Latasha James and I'm your host. This podcast is a deep dive into the challenging, exciting, and oh-so-rewarding world of freelancing. From tips and advice to interviews with the people who are doing it right, this show is for anyone looking to get their hands a little bit dirty and make monetizing their passion a reality. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Freelance Friday podcast. I'm so excited about today's episode because I am joined by the lovely Vina V. Vina V is a YouTube coach and mumpreneur. You might know her from the podcast and YouTube channel called Mum to Millionaire or from her Vina V channel, which delivers some seriously good video marketing tips and advice. What I love about Vina is that she is living proof that you do not need a million subscribers or followers to make it as an online business owner, as long as you're willing to put in the work. So welcome to the show, Vina. Thank you so much for being oh, here. I, I literally love your accent so much. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I love your accent. And you've got like a proper rage voice as well. So this is so Aww. cool. <laughs> Thank you. How are you today? I'm good. I'm great. How about you? It's it's a little early here. So Vina's in the UK and I am here in America. It's a little bit early. It's like 7.30 here. But oh, that's, yeah, that is very early. <laughs> but but it's okay. It's, it's started the oh, day off good. right. With a dose of positivity. This exactly. is what we need in life. <laughs> Give me a little motivation to start my Friday. Oh. <laughs> so I went over a little a bit about your brand in the intro, but can you tell my listeners about some of the other things that you do? Because I know you do a lot beyond just YouTube and sort of what we see on the surface. Yeah. So can you kind of walk us through how you got started? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that's kind of a very kind of conscious decision for me. Because, you know, sometimes when you meet someone and they're like, oh, I'm a blogger, I'm an author, I'm a YouTuber, I'm a podcaster, I run, blah, 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 blah. And you kind of get confused about what that person's about. So kind of 
the, the kind of image I put out there online is very much like you said in your intro, like I'm a YouTube coach and I help businesses to get started on YouTube and boosting their confidence. Um, so right now that is the main kind of area I focus on. But like you said, away from that, I do have a, a podcast where I help and inspire mums and interview some, some fantastic people on there. Um, and I've also got a, a business with my dad where we rent out some holiday apartments in Mauritius. And I know a lot of people in, the, in America, I don't know if you're that familiar with Mauritius. I'm not. Yeah. So I think with Americans, I think you might go more to like the Bahamas or Barbados. So basically Mauritius is very similar. It's a beautiful paradise island, but it's off South Africa. Okay. You guys, I don't think have any direct flights to Mauritius. I think you have to come to Europe and then go back down. Um, So yeah, that's basically where Mauritius is. But yeah, we kind of rent out holiday apartments there. And yeah, for all my different businesses, I'm just trying to grow their um, YouTube channels all at the same time, but also teach what I learn at the same time as well to people who are just starting um, on YouTube. But it wasn't always like that. I, I used to be a radio presenter going back, oh God, <laughs> about 14, 14 years ago now. Uh, that's when I got into radio presenting. So um, I was doing like music radio. So I was interviewing a lot of music artists, people like Nicole Scherzinger. I'm trying to think of American people <laughs> that I've interviewed, 50 Cent, people oh, yeah. like that. Yeah. We know him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I interviewed people like that. And um, yeah, I did that for a few years, but everything changed a lot uh, drastically when I had my son uh, at the age of 22. So that's kind of where my paths kind of went in a different direction. So that's when you started your sort of entrepreneurial journey is when you had your son? No. So after I had him, I was still, because it was always my dream to be a radio presenter. So I was living the dream. And then when I found out I was pregnant, it was completely unexpected. I was in so much shock. And I think at the age, I found out at the age of 21, I was pregnant. And at that age, I did not I was not even in my mind of thinking about having children, getting married. You know, for me, I always thought I would do that in my 30s. So, yeah, it just was a massive shock. And I didn't really know um, what I was going to do. However, I think a lot of parents do think, oh, I will have a baby and then everything stays the same. (laughs) But it really really doesn't. Your life completely changes. So yeah, I tried to do stuff in the media industry, but because I was a single mum as soon as my son was born, it was very difficult to kind of work those long hours in the media industry and look after him. So that career kind of fizzled out over a few years. And then I actually had to end up getting, I don't like to call it a normal job, but it was obviously very different to radio. I had to work as a receptionist in a big kind of corporate building. And um, yeah, I, I had to do that because I literally had no money. I was by myself with my son and I literally had, uh, you know, I was working as a radio presenter for that time. And I just didn't, I I just didn't know what to do with my life. I was like, I can't do anything else. I don't know how to do anything except being on the radio. So that was a really really difficult time. So where did your businesses come in? And how did you start kind of carving out your own path with the video and all of that? So when I was doing the reception work, I think I was there for about two years. 
But towards the end of those two years, I would literally walk up to the building and be, I wouldn't be physically crying, but you know, when you kind of like cry in your head, <laughs> like I would look oh, at the yeah. building. I'm like, what am I doing with my life? And there's nothing wrong with being a receptionist. Like some people, it suits them because they might, you know, they might have kids and they might do that part time or everyone's situation's different. And for me, I just wasn't enjoying it. I did it for a while. I thought I can't. I know there's more in me I have more skills and um, just more to offer the world really so I quit with literally having nothing to go to but because I had obviously built up these skills working in the media industry I actually started filming for for people and I was quite I never like to use the word luck but it was quite lucky in the sense that my first client was that corporate company I was working for as a receptionist. So yeah, that's how it started, really. I started filming for different companies. And I think a lot of, I don't know, I think the image a lot of people portray is that business is easy, but it really isn't. It's taken me years to try different ideas out, um, making a lot of mistakes just learning adapting and that's how I've got to where I am now and I still feel I'm literally like really at the bottom to be honest I don't feel I just feel that there's so much more I can do and I want to do but yeah that's kind of, I really want to kind of emphasize that like it's not easy to just I think right now in in the world I think everyone's putting that kind of glitz and glam on it I was like, oh, yeah, just start mm-hmm. a business. You get to work for yourself, wake up when you want, blah, blah, blah. But it's, yeah, of course, like, for example, today, I did go shopping in the morning because I had no new clothes. And I was like, I'm going to go and treat myself. So, of course, it's it's great for that. But, you know, that's, a, that's now. I couldn't do that, you know, a few years ago when I had no money at all. Absolutely. And I love what you just said, that you still kind of feel like you're at the bottom It's so interesting to think about, you know, when you look at yourself two years ago, four years ago, when you think about things in that perspective, you sort of see how far you've come, you know? Yeah. But I also think that's just the true spirit of an entrepreneur. You always feel like you can be doing more. You always feel like you can be doing better. And it's a blessing and a curse because I think sometimes we can be really hard on ourselves. (laughs) But I also think it's really important to keep challenging yourself and to keep, you know, making sure that you grow. Exactly. And I think that's a danger for a lot of people because some people might have one specific goal and they might hustle really hard to get there working 24-7. But then when they have achieved that goal, they actually might be quite miserable. So I've really and I've always been very aware of this, like even though I, I do go at a very slower pace compared to other entrepreneurs, I'm making sure that I'm happy every day because for me, I don't want to go in that downward spiral of, for me, I go in that di- downward spiral when I start getting overwhelmed. And then, to, you know, I, I, I go through a lot of my son, even now on a daily basis, I'm, you know, I have to manage his behavior. He's not like um, other children, let's say that. <laughs> it's very, very different. So even for me, it's like, I can't, sometimes, yeah, do you know, what? I do want to go 120 miles per hour, but the reality is, I can't do that. And I don't want to because if I do, you know, I'm going to be on that downward spiral then. And that's not my aim. My aim every day is to make sure I'm doing something that makes me happy. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I love that you said your first client or one of your first clients was actually your job. I've actually heard that from so many people. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, and I, and I think it's a really smart route to go down when you're looking to start freelancing or start working for yourself. I think a lot of people forget that that's an option. They think they have to just quit their job and totally, you know, wipe their hands of it. But I think that's one route that you guys can go down is thinking about just talking with your employer and seeing if maybe you can cut down to a freelance contract basis or do any projects for them. Because if your employer really values you, chances are they're going to want to keep you around in some way. As, oh my God. And actually tell people what you do. So I made the mistake of I got this receptionist job, but I didn't really tell people what I did previous to that. Yeah. I didn't say, oh yeah, I was working in the media. I can interview people. I can, you know, make videos. I can do pod. Like I never st- told them is only when I left I sent an email to the whole kind of building so I think there was two maybe two or three hundred people that worked in the building um just sent an, an email out to them going you know it's been great working here thank you so much to everyone this is what I'm doing now and because I put a link to my website it was one of the people at the top of that company was like why did you not tell us before <laughs> what you do this stuff and I was like I don't know but um yeah it's because she saw that and then she checked out my previous career as it were that they then obviously hired me to do some um filming for them and actually two messages in this number one is never burn your bridges with anyone ever um number two is that receptionist job a lot of people would look at it and think oh my god venus she's gone backwards but i've never seen anything i've done as going backwards that was definitely a sidestep but if i had never taken that receptionist job I don't actually know what I'd, I might be have a different kind of business now. It was because I, you know, they hired me to do that filming. I didn't even think that I was going to do filming for corporate companies. It's because they had seen my stuff and maybe the lady, you know, she saw my potential and said, look, you film your own videos. Do you want to film something for us? Yep. And in my head, I was thinking, oh, I can't, I can't do this because I've never filmed for a corporate company. But Again, I just said yes. Yeah, for sure. I, I've i worked in corporate. You know, I've worked at nonprofits. I've done a lot of different things. And, you know, I think you pick up a little something from each of those jobs. I mean, first of all, the skill set. Like, you're always learning something wherever you go. You you have to be a lifelong learner if you want to, want to run a business. But definitely the connections have been invaluable. Like, and a lot of times I think, like, I have this YouTube channel. I have this business. That's so weird. People are going to think I'm oh, weird. Oh, no, don't say that. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, sometimes you get self-conscious when you're in a corporate environment and like people are going to, are people going to judge me or think I'm not serious about my day job? But a lot of times I think that they think it's very cool and they actually want to, want to learn more about it. So you mentioned your background in radio, which I think is so cool, but where did the video component come from? And I know that you said you were kind of just randomly asked to do video, but you had a YouTube channel at that point. Yeah. Yeah, So I had a YouTube channel where I was giving tips to other people on how to get in the media industry. Um, I don't, if I'm totally honest, I don't know why I set up that channel. I think I just enjoyed obviously creating content. And while I wasn't doing radio, for me, YouTube was that natural kind of progression to just be I'm I'm a very creative person I always have to be creating so if I'm not on radio I thought what else can I do let's make YouTube videos then it was never the you know idea to think oh I'm gonna get loads of subscribers and views and all that it was mainly me just jumping on making a video and giving people tips on how they can get started in the media industry how they can be a radio presenter the truth about the industry as well um and talking you know just quite frankly about 
that kind of, you know, side of me. Um, And it didn't really progress until one day I was looking at what am I, again, what am I doing in my life? I'm not entirely happy filming for clients. I want to do something more. And this is a good question because I can't remember how I actually got into training um, small businesses. I just think one day I just wanted to put all my skill sets into something. I thought, what am I good at? I'm good at talking to people, encouraging people, motivating them, um, giving people tips. So I think it was quite a natural progression, actually, on just starting to help people to get onto YouTube. That's awesome. So was there any sort of formal training in video or was it all on the job? No. So my obviously training comes from um, when I was a radio presenter, I also started to do bits and bobs of TV. So I'd always be really looking at the cameramen and seeing what kind of angles they were using and just their work ethic as well how they were working the direction they were giving me as presenter so a lot of my skills for radio obviously came uh, sorry for youtube videos came from me um you know being a radio presenter but also being in front of the camera when i was doing tv work as well very cool. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes that's the best way to learn is like on the job, real experiences besides just learning in a classroom, you know? So your videos look really great. Everything I've seen from you looks really high quality, even like your live videos, you know? So can you tell us a little bit about the equipment that you use to shoot your videos? So this is my literally biggest tip for anyone that wants to get started on YouTube is that literally start filming with whatever you have. And I really believe this, that of course, I'm not going to kind of lie and be like, it doesn't make a difference. Of course, when you've got a, a very good camera, it does make a difference in terms of the quality, the way it looks. But in terms of your content, even now, I still do this. I will still film a lot of my stuff on my iPhone 6S. Because I've got different YouTube channels, some of my more kind of vloggy stuff, some of my more um, maybe rants or, you know, do a lot more kind of serious videos as well. I might literally just get my iPhone out. Sometimes I don't even use a microphone, but I might make sure the video is always nicely lit with literally natural light. So half the time I'm just using my mobile phone with natural light. Sometimes I plug a mic in, um, which costs me about $20 from Amazon. And the rest of the time, yeah, when I'm doing kind of the Vina V mode videos, when I'm giving video marketing and YouTube tips, that's when I pull out my DSLR, which is a 70D. So the one with the flip screen, um, I use that with a, a, a more kind of higher quality microphone as well. But yeah, you really can get started on your phone. Love that. Yeah, that's what I tell people too is just get started. And this sounds kind of bad maybe, but you know, in the beginning when you first start making videos, honestly, nobody's going to be watching them. That's the thing. Oh my God, exactly. To be honest, even now, a lot of the time, the way um, YouTube, <laughs> we all know what's happening with YouTube at the moment. They're changing the algorithm all the time. And because YouTube is getting flooded with so many people, even if you do have, for example, 10,000 subscribers, some of your videos might get a maximum of like 500 views. And that might not necessarily be to do with your content. It's because your subscribers aren't seeing that video or you might tweet about your video because everyone's on Twitter now. They might not see your tweet. So again, I don't think people should get discouraged by by that either, by having low views or low subscribers. 
Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of Twitter, let's talk a little bit about how you build your community up. And I see, obviously, I've never been to one since I'm all the way here in Detroit, (laughs) but I see your mom to millionaire meetups that you do, which look so cool. And then you also have active communities in other places besides just on YouTube. So can you talk us through a little bit? First of all, what are the mom to millionaire meetups? And would love to hear about that. And then how do you sort of extend your community throughout and beyond the web? So I think this is a kind of a bigger mistake a lot of people are making because and so, do you know what social media is fantastic obviously I use it all the time I'm a massive advocate for YouTube but because now everyone's going so crazy and hard on social media I think a lot of people are forgetting that at the end of the day we're humans and we want that human interaction you know when you can this is going to sound weird but you know when you can actually touch someone and like give them a hug and all that kind of stuff and that's why I created the meetups because some people watch my uh, mum to millionaire videos, which is, by the way, I, I think I haven't even hit like a thousand subscribers on that yet. So we're talking a very tiny, small channel compared to obviously people with millions of subscribers. But what I'm trying to do is create an offline strategy where if people do watch my videos, they can then meet me or meet other, you know, amazing inspirational women feel supported at these meetups. So I have speakers and they talk about their journeys into business, how the hell they're, you know, managing to juggle a business and kids. And it's just a great place for people to meet. And that's actually one of the things I'm quite proud about again loads of people don't go I have maybe 20 25 women that show up to the meetups but the quality of the ladies that come and the positivity is just such a great tribe of people it's it's really amazing to go to I mean 20 to 25 people is a lot though (laughs) to get a person to actually physically show up somewhere I I've done event marketing before and I know how hard that can be especially if they're not like getting something for free or coming to see some massive celebrity that that's a lot and and you do these frequently it's not just like a one-time thing right No. So I think, so my word for this year is consistency because last year I really feel I was doing a lot of different things. You know, like you've mentioned, I've got my mum to millionaire podcast, the meetups, the YouTube channel, but I was being so inconsistent with basically everything. So I did have the meetups last year, but what a mistake I made is that people would come to the meetup. And I don't know if you've done this when you've run events is that there's always that buzz after everyone's like, yeah, yeah, when's the next one? And I would never have a date for the next one. So I've learned from that. And now this year, I've already got five of my meetups in place. I've already got the dates, the venues booked in already. So now when I have the one um, at the end of this month, I can say, I've got a date, you can book your ticket now. Um, So yeah, I think it's really important to Going back to what you know, what we were talking before, just having that offline strategy and really trying to nurture the people you've got. And you mentioned it in your intro. Like, I'm not going to lie. Of course, it would be great to have a million subscribers. It's easier to if you want to sell a course or maybe an ebook. But people are forgetting that these are people. <laughs> your subscribers are real people. So, 50 people subscribe to your YouTube channel. Imagine 50 people in a room. That's a lot of people. Absolutely. I mean, that's just like what I said about 20 to 25 people being there in the room with you. That's a huge impact that you're making on 25 people's lives 
every month or, you know, every so often. That's huge. And it's really about what you do with those numbers, whether it's 50 subscribers, 5,000 subscribers, 5 million, you know, people a lot of times kind of laugh at me when I tell them about some of the business and financial success that I've had. That really all stems from YouTube too. I mean, similarly to you, I've started my business after having a YouTube channel and sort of learning about video marketing. And a lot of people are like, there's no way that you're running a business when you only have 11,000 subscribers. And I'm like, 11,000 people, first of all, is a lot. I mean, of course, when we compare it to these massive YouTubers, you know, it's nothing, but I would be terrified to speak in front of 11,000 people, to be quite honest with you. (laughs) And it's really all about what you do with the audience. You could just sit there and film videos where you're not having any call to actions, you're not really mobilizing the audience, you know, bringing them to events, giving them ebooks. You could not be doing any of that and not be having any success, but because you're actually getting them out there to do something, I mean, I think that's what it's all about. And, and and you touched on it there. That's what really annoys me about some people is that they're not understanding that these are people and it doesn't matter the size of your following at the end. Like you can still run a successful business and have 5,000 subscribers. Like it, it, like you said, then it, it's what you do with it. And, you know, off because for me, I see YouTube as brand building and building my authority. So any new person that comes across me, whether it be on, I've been tagged in something on Facebook or they see a random Instagram post from, from me, maybe someone might listen to this podcast. If they go and type in my name, to YouTube, you'll see loads of videos about video marketing, YouTube tips for beginners. But not only that, when people meet me in the the offline world, I because of because of what I'm doing on YouTube with a very small following, I train businesses now. I'm a, a mentor at a, an enterprise center in London, and it just proves again the point of. It doesn't matter the size of your following. You really need to work on nurturing your current subscribers and followers and giving the best content you can and also thinking about your market. So I'm not teaching people on how to get a million subscribers because I haven't done that myself. I'm being very specific and targeting people who don't have a clue about YouTube. And I can do that because I've been working on YouTube for so long now. Yep, absolutely. And it's not to say that you don't pay attention to subscribers, but that might not be the biggest number that you're looking at. So can you walk me through a little bit about the metrics that you do find important or maybe the numbers that you look at or or maybe it's not even a number, but the things that you look at as indicators of success in this space? For me, sometimes it's not even about look, like you said, it's not even about looking at those numbers. I do go in my analytics and look at what videos are doing better so and I think I mentioned this in a a recent YouTube video is that I'm now going to be creating more content on my more popular videos so my more popular videos are things like when I do a tutorial last year I did a very simple tutorial on how to change your Instagram personal profile to a business page and I think that's had more than a hundred thousand views but the watch time was also good on that so not only am I looking at the views for it and thinking, whoa, (laughs) that's way more than what I usually get. On an average basis, I might get between three to 400 views a video. And then my ones that kind of pick up maybe the tutorials or reviews of a camera, those are the ones that are then getting into the 30, 40, 50, 100,000 views uh, mark. So I'm looking at that, what content's doing better. But for me, 
I always listen to what people are saying when they see me in person or when they send me a message on Facebook or Instagram. I'm seeing what's resonating with them. So a lot of my videos, people are actually resonating not with the Vina V YouTube video marketing channel. They are resonating more with Mum to Millionaire. And that's more the relatable videos of my life as a single mum. And for me, I see in a way the Mum to Millionaire actually a bit more successful than you know my other personal brand because people are relating to that people are coming to the meetups people are you know I, I I feel that they're much more engaged even though that channel's got way less subscribers and views than the uh v video marketing channel yeah I love that you bring up watch time that's a huge metric for me because that's what YouTube is really favoring right now at least like you said I mean YouTube changes all the time so it's hard to really know (laughs) but it seems like they're definitely paying attention to watch time I mean if someone's only watching one minute of your video that's not really going to have a huge impact and I think that's one of the reasons why, too, my advice to people is always to keep your intros really concise and just jump into the video, make it eye-catching, and just, you know, really just catch their attention. And it's, yeah, and just learning all the time as well and changing your video. So even last year, for very recently, I was, um, you know, I've always had a short intro. I think last year it might have been like 15 or probably less than that, 15 seconds or less. But now this year, I'm going to make my intros even shorter and literally just literally get straight into the content. Um, You know, I've been to YouTube where they do advise that you say to people, tell them to subscribe within, literally within your intro, the first 20 seconds, tell them to subscribe. But for me, I'm going to start changing that up a bit. And I'm still obviously going to tell people to subscribe, but I might, put it like randomly in the middle of the video instead or when I know people are dropping off so in my videos a lot of people tend to drop off at the four minute mark for whatever reason that is at the moment so just before (laughs) I know those people are going to drop off I can say oh you know if you haven't done so already don't forget to subscribe so I think everyone has their responsibility to go and do their research see what other people are doing but also test things for yourself because not everyone has exactly the same market like me and you might both be doing video marketing tips but you might resonate with a different kind of demographic to what I'm resonating with for sure and and there's so many different ways that you can do that too that's that's really interesting, the tip that YouTube provided about asking people to subscribe early. I noticed that you also do visual cues sometimes, like you'll do the actual button clicking to the subscribe and the bell yeah. button. I love that. I, I think that's genius. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I think sometimes you have to look at videos and think, again, this it depends on the content. If someone's kind of doing, you know, one of those story time videos, you could be sat on your bed And most people, I don't know about you, but I will watch a story time video maybe for 10 minutes because I want to hear the story. I want to find out what happens at the end. And I don't really do any graphics or any heavy editing. But when I'm doing more of a tips video tutorial, I do a lot more editing because I want to, going back to watch time, I want to keep people watching for longer. And when there's more stuff going on on screen, not going over the top, but when there's more kind of, you know, visual things like sometimes, like you mentioned, you know, I might put up a graphic or a clip of a video. When there's more going on, you're keeping the attention of the viewer more. Um, So again, look at your channel, look at the different types of videos you're doing and see, you know, how can you cater for different people that could be watching that? 
Love it. Another thing that I really love about you and your channel is that you're not afraid to try new things, specifically live video. So I think a lot of us get really hung up on perfection and making sure lighting is great and that our hair looks good and all the ums and ahs are cut out. But I think there's something really important to be said about shooting live video and getting really kind of raw and uncut with your viewers. So what do you have to say to the people like me <laughs> who might be a little bit scared of trying something like YouTube Live that's so sort of vulnerable? I would say you just, you, it sounds so, it doesn't sound like a great tip, but you just have to do it. And I always say you, obviously you need to build up your confidence first. So you could literally pretend you're going live or you could even FaceTime someone and pretend you're talking to other people. Um, you could, if you've... Uh, a tip I give people is if you've got a Facebook group already, a lot of people I know have a Facebook group, go live just to the people in that Facebook group. You could even create a group, put a few of your friends in there and practice doing Facebook lives in there. Of course it is, it's nerve wracking. I used to be on an app called Periscope. I don't know how many people still use it now, but I used to go on that all the time. When I first went on Periscope, it took me a long time to press the go live button because I was so scared. I didn't know who was going to be watching. I didn't really know how it worked. But I'm an example that look, now I can just I could literally put my phone on now and do a YouTube live and it wouldn't bother me. Because I started because I've done lots of lives. Of course, I've made loads of mistakes. But you just have to start because if you don't, you never know what opportunities going live can give you. And I really believe that if you want to be growing your channel this year, especially by going live, it just gives people that insight. Like you can't control a live video. So sometimes my son has walked in and some people don't know I'm a mum. So they're like, oh my God, we didn't know you're a mum because my son might've been making a noise or, you know, it just gives that raw authentic and yeah, people just really, I think, resonate with you more when you do live videos. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think, you know, a lot of times people are getting kind of fed up with how overly produced the YouTube community has become. I mean, it's totally different than it was even five years ago. So I think that the live component is really nice because it kind of takes away all those layers and all the editing and all the filters and all that. And it's just, it's just you. It's, it's kind of like old school YouTube again. Exactly. And I think it is important to... So I have a different strategy on my different channels. And for the kind of video marketing tips channel that I do have, I do want those videos to look very slick, very professional because I treat that as my portfolio. If a, And because all my stuff are linked, so if a corporate cl client might start following me on Twitter, I'm always promoting my YouTube videos. I don't really want them to see something and be like, oh, are those her videos they don't they don't look that good so we have to strike a, a balance so a lot of my videos they're filmed on a dslr you know i've got nice lighting the microphone but at the same time i do do these live videos where i'm sat on my sofa and i'm still giving my tips but i'm just jumping on live to show a different element to me um so i think if you're like me and you are working with clients, you can definitely still go live. Just strike that that balance and you can still get great quality video on a live as well. Yeah. Speaking of being really real with your audience, I was scrolling through your channel the other day and I checked out your recent video on the whole Logan Paul incident. So to everyone listening, if you haven't seen it yet, I'll be sure to link it in the show notes because it was phenomenal. I really enjoyed it. 
You know, you're super open about some of the past struggles that you've had and even current challenges you face as a mother and an entrepreneur. So how do you decide where you draw the line when it comes to personal things that you share, such as talking about depression and all that, or even controversial topics in general like this one? So for me, I've always said, and I've... at the beginning, I did not share anything. So it was a very, you know, standard as you were kind of YouTube channel, I never talked about anything personal. But then I did create Mum to Millionaire, because I wanted to show parents that you can still achieve all of your dreams, you can run a business, but it is difficult. And I think like going right back to the beginning of this interview, you know, it's not easy being a parent and running a business. And I think the message we're getting is, you know, be an entrepreneur, hustle 24-7. And for me, being a single mum, like, yeah, do you know what? I I could hustle 24-7, but I don't want to do that because I want to spend time with my child. Like I said before, I want to make sure I'm doing things that make me happy every day. And for me, when I share things that's happened in my past, so I've talked openly about postnatal depression, about being in a domestic abusive relationship. And the reason I do that is to help other people because they aren't loads of people that want to put their life on YouTube. Because even for me, like even my family, like my mum, for example, is like, Vina, why, why are you doing that? Like, you don't need to do that. And I said, but mum, it's not about me. It's about helping other people that think everyone's life is perfect because you know I'm always happy every day and I'm always positive but these things have happened in my past I've still got stuff right now that you know a big incident happened with me yesterday um but I think it's important to share that where I draw the line is that I never talk about boyfriends (laughs) I never talk about relationships um so I could probably get married and no one would would know because I, I don't share that side of me on social media but the things where I think it would help people, um, the kind of more darker stuff, if you want to call it that, that stuff I do share because if I can help one person, I think it's worth making that video. Yeah, that's that's smart. And, and it's helpful for sure to get to know that side of you, but it's also a smart move to make in a way because it makes you relatable and people have something to really connect with. And it sort of gives you a key differentiator too. Like, What's the difference between you and any other video marketing guru or or video producer out there? You know, you have this different story because you focus on being a mother. I love that. Thank you. And I think a lot of people, again, they kind of make the mistake of going, you know, when you just ask, like, what, what makes you different? A lot of people say, oh, because it's me. But that's not really a a thing, as it were. You need to find something more like, you know, is there something relatable about you? Like me being a mum, I'll talk about. I don't overpower people with being a mum, but you need to find a little kind of thing that people can relate to. And they're like, oh, she's like me or he's like me. And because look, at the end of the day, video marketing, there's a, a lot of tips that everyone's giving that are very similar. The, the most similar one I always see is being consistent. Everyone's like, yeah, create a YouTube channel, be consistent and... You know, I think everyone is regurgitating the same kind of stuff. But if you can put a different spin on it um, and even relate it maybe back to an an experience, um, I don't know, working with a specific client, you can make yourself different, but you have to think about how you can do that. 
Yeah. Another one that I hear all the time is be authentic. I hear that at like every single conference I go to. Be authentic. It's like, like, how do you be authentic? Exactly. It's like uh, the one, and I'm actually going to do a video of this. Everyone always says, be yourself. But you have to understand how to kind of discover yourself. Um, Because sometimes I will look at a video, even from like last year, and I'm like, oh, I wasn't really being myself then. I might have been giving a tutorial, but I wasn't really putting my personality into it like when I'm out even when I'm teaching a workshop to some small business owners or when I'm with my friends I want to bring that actually into my videos because I I am a bit weird (laughs) I do random stuff I randomly make noises sometimes and all this kind of stuff and again if you can put what you're really like into your videos even if you are doing a tutorial I think people will remember you for that rather than just doing again the same old tips of yeah be authentic stand out from everyone be consistent your content might be amazing but you still just need that something extra that people can kind of like how you can hook a viewer in definitely so you're someone who I go to when I'm in need of a little bit of business inspiration can you tell us about some of the people or channels or podcasts or whatever it is that you go to to get inspired yourself so I do, I love watching, like, I've watched the film. Have you heard of the film Joy? I haven't, no. Oh, Joy, I love that film Joy. It's got Jennifer uh, Lawrence. Is it Jennifer Lawrence? Is that her name? Yeah, Jennifer Lawrence plays the lead in it. And uh, so I love watching kind of films that are, are based on a true story. So Joy is all about um, a businesswoman in America called Joy uh, Mangano. I think that's how you pronounce her surname. And it's all about, she was a single mum to two small children and she invented the this mop and it's that typical story of like no one believed in her she had to work really hard but I love watching films like that number one it gives me some me time (laughs) away from my business away from my uh, hyperactive child I get to sit there with a nice cup of tea (laughs) a nice bit of cake and watch that film um so I'll, I'll do things like that but for me sometimes a lot of it is I will put on inspirational music so I'll literally just type into YouTube inspirational music and I will like lie on my bed and just visualize how I want my life to be what I want it to look like different things I want to achieve that really helps me if I ever feel I'm kind of going in that downward spiral I'm like no Vina, you are capable of doing everything you want to do so I do a lot of visualization um and then in terms of just you know looking up to different people I watch a lot of Gary Vaynerchuk's videos Grant Cardone's um I heard uh have you heard of someone called Infinite Waters he's a British guy I've only just discovered him literally a few weeks ago been watching a lot of his videos um And yeah, because I'm such a big kind of YouTube fan, sometimes I'll just literally just type in motivational videos and watch different people talk about what keeps them motivated. So I do vary the content I watch quite a lot as well. That's awesome. And yes, I know Infinite Waters. I love his channel too. I can't believe I only discovered him recently. (laughs) Yeah, he's been around for a while, I think. Yeah, his channel, I think he's been uploaded for quite a few years now. Yeah, yeah. And I love the point you make about music and movies. You know, sometimes we get so in it, like in this whole marketing online business world. And I just have to remind myself to tune out every once in a while. Like, 
either do something in the real world or just do something by myself, have some quiet thinking time. That is so, so important. Exactly. And it's kind of hang around with different people as well. I don't know if you if you get this or if you're on Facebook, but I've had to unfollow so many people on Facebook because a lot of the people who I am kind of acquaintances with, they are in the same industry. So when I do come out maybe with a video on, you know, the top 10 YouTube tips for beginners, obviously a lot of that audience on my personal Facebook page they're going to know that stuff already. And sometimes you do question yourself. I do think, hold on, these tips are really obvious, but then you need to get out. I talk about everyone being in their own bubble. You need to get out of your own bubble. So we, me and you are kind of maybe in this video marketing, social media bubble, but people who have never ventured into the world of social media, who have never made a video, the stuff that is so kind of simple to us is actually quite advanced for them so again I do believe in getting off your own social media channels and just going out into the real world going to different events meeting people who are not in your industry so go to a random fashion event or a food blogger or something like that where no one's talking about the same stuff that you do on a daily basis Love that. That's great advice. Uh, And one last question I have for you in honor of the new year. Do you have any predictions when it comes to the world of self-employment or even just YouTube in general for 2018? I've, I I don't know if this is going to happen, but I hope it does. I hope that everyone is just a lot more aware of the stuff people are putting up online and everyone's aware that they have a choice that we are controlling who we are putting on pedestals in society. Go, you know, the whole Logan Paul thing that's happened. It's like, we are true. And I've done it. I've watched a lot of his videos because I do actually think he's a very talented guy. But by us kind of clicking on certain videos or it looks a bit dramatic and you're like, oh, well, why is someone crying in this video? Let me click on it. We are all feeding into that. So For 2018 and beyond, I really hope that smaller creators um, on YouTube specifically gets their chance to shine. Because, again, I watch a lot of people that don't have very many subscribers. Their content is fantastic. And I think, how are people going to find them when YouTube are only promoting, you know, the, the Logan Pauls, the Jake Pauls, the Zoellas, people like that? No one's seeing all these other YouTubers that, are actually doing content to help people with positivity or motivating them or talk about um, experiences. So I don't know, it's not really a prediction, but I just hope that, yeah, everyone just kind of open their eyes a bit more and see that there's much more to the world <laughs> than what's currently being portrayed online. Definitely. And, and, and it's up to us as consumers or the viewers, you know, it's up to us to make sure that we're supporting those small creators too and helping to build up that community because that's so important for sure. And I think people underestimate sharing a video. So if you do find a new YouTuber, share that video out on Twitter or somewhere and be like, oh, I just found this great video from X, Y, and Z because stuff like that, re- even if yourself only has 10 or 20 followers or subscribers it doesn't matter that's still 10 or 20 people so you know just be kind to each other (laughs) stay positive that's the message yeah 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 
So I think that's a great note to end on. Thank you so much again for being on today. I, I know my listeners are really going to love what you had to say. A lot of people are, are really curious about video marketing and, and all of the things that you do. So before we go, can you let everyone know where they can find you? Definitely. And before I do that, I actually want to say thank you to you as well. Number one, for having me on your podcast. I can't wait to listen to the other guests as well. But also you are actually one of those people. And that's how I first recognized your name is because I I saw, I think it was a few months ago that you had actually um, put something on your Instagram stories about a podcast I was doing. So thank you. You are one of those amazing people out there that are helping out other people and sharing people's stuff. Um, and yeah, if people want to find out about me, literally just type my name into YouTube, Vina V, V, double E N A V, or go on vinav.com. And if you do want to power up your YouTube channel, um, I've got seven ways you can do that and a free ebook and that's on the same address so vinav.com forward slash ebook a nice little freebie for you there to download awesome and and i'll be sure to put those links in the show notes too so people can find you really easily and thank you so much yeah yeah i remember that story too and i i love sharing things that i find online oh thank you when i saw that i was like oh that's so sweet i was like thank you so yeah that was lovely and again thank you for having me on and i love your accent (laughs) (laughs) i love your accent (laughs) thank you again for being on and i hope you have a great rest of your day and i'll talk to you soon And you take care. Bye. Bye. And that's it for this episode of the Freelance Friday podcast. I hope you enjoyed. If you did, make sure to let me know. Rating this podcast is a huge help. And you can also tweet me at a journey east with comments, questions, or suggestions for future episodes. Lastly, make sure to join my private Facebook group, Money Making Micro Influencer, if you're interested in elevating your influence and taking charge of your personal brand. There are so many like-minded, bright individuals in there, and it's a place I love to offer up free advice and a little bit of extra fun into. You can find it by searching Facebook for Money Making Micro Influencer. It'll also be linked in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.